worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley for the rest of the month. So you're stuck with me until the start of May. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we're going to talk to Dr. Stephanie Smith about an animal health order that has been introduced today in the province. We're also going to talk to Adam Bacala with a weekly market wrap and a Saskatchewan farmer addressed the importance of National Food Day in the country. And we'll also have your farm weather and market update in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo-Scribner with this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Johnston's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778 and brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The government of Saskatchewan has put an animal health control order to limit the commingling of poultry due to the risk of avian flu. Dr. Stephanie Smith, the chief medical veterinarian officer for the Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture, joined us to discuss the order. The government uh, announces a animal health control order. Dr. Smith, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So today we're placing an animal health control area order for the province of Saskatchewan to limit the commingling of poultry due to the risk for highly pathogenic avian influenza that's present in the province and across the country. And I guess, why did you feel this was necessary to to enact? Sure. So, so it's necessary because of the imminent risk of disease at, the, at this time. During, during migration season, obviously this year we're seeing a higher than normal level of high path avian influenza. With the risk of disease transmission, we want to do our due diligence to try and prevent any cases where we could have a significant disease outbreak, such as could occur when poultry are being brought to a single location where they're being mixed and then returned back to their flocks. So this is being put in place as a temporary measure during this period of time where that risk for high-path AI is very imminent to do our best to prevent that disease transmission from occurring. For poultry producers and small flock owners, how serious of an issue is this? Is this something where it is just a precautionary order, or is this something that should be taken very seriously? It it should certainly be noted as as serious. This, like I say, during migration season here is the the big risk for us for the coming month or two. Uh, So this is a time when we can see disease transmission occurring. It can be very prevalent in the environment, and if birds are sick, 
you know, there, there are some significant implications. Not only does it lead to a, to a significant level of mortality within the flock, but also there's the implications of the response by Canadian Food Inspection Agency who has to come out, quarantine the flock, and take appropriate action. So we certainly would re- request that poultry owners and producers do their due diligence to try and prevent this disease from impacting their flocks. You just touched on it a little there. What is some of the due diligence that people can do to make sure that things are as safe as possible? Absolutely. So so prevention is definitely the best medicine in, in this type of case. And what is important there is to follow some good biosecurity practices, such as keeping your barn doors locked to prevent unauthorized access, limiting the exposure of visitors to your premises, using barn-specific clothing or footwear to enter the barn to make sure you're not tracking any disease in, when at all possible, preventing contact with wild birds and other animals, and keeping a close eye on your birds and reporting any signs of illness early on to your veterinarian. I know the first case was reported on April 8th. Has there been any more cases reported to the government or what have you guys found since then? Sure. That's been our first positive detection to date, but we do know we're hearing a number of reports from the public regarding wild birds that are either sick or dying across the province. So certainly I would not be surprised to see additional positives in wildlife in the in the coming uh, weeks here. And is there anything else you want to add or or tell producers about the order here today? Sure. So just just in regards to our order, I think just the the point here is we are putting this in place as a, pro, a proactive measure to try and prevent this disease transmission. So I so I do certainly recommend um, that any any show operators will will consider postponing and and pushing those those shows behind because of the disease transmission risk right now. Um, of course recommending those biosecurity measures, do your due diligence to protect your flock. And of course, if you have any concerns, if you're seeing any any signs that you're not concerned about or any deaths in your flocks or in wild birds, do report those issues. So if it's domestic poultry, do report to your veterinarian or Canadian Food Inspection Agency. If there's a concern regarding wild birds, then report to the Ministry of Environment or Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative. The government of Saskatchewan has put the animal health control order in place until May 14th. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. With a look at what happened with the markets this week, Adam Bacallo, a portfolio manager with PI Financial, caught up with us for a wrap on the week. It was a short week, but Adam, what happened on the markets for this week? Well, Tanner, starting off on the canola front, May canola futures declined approximately $4 a ton. In the next coming weeks, the May contract is going to expire and the July will be taking over. So we are starting to already see the volumes the same for the May and the July, which will only start to decline more on the May again as time goes on here near the end of the month. On the May Minneapolis wheat contract, it increased approximately 30 cents a bushel. Today, we are down about 5 cents, sitting at $11.54. So again, similar to the canola contract, the May futures of Minneapolis are going to be coming off the board. Uh, We are actually already seeing now the July volume higher than the May. So for, for traders, you might start to already be looking to those further out months. 
to give you a bit of a recap to see kind of what happened, the, the market doesn't really seem to have the supply fundamentals like corn and soybeans um, on wheat to really find significant buying uh, kind of support. Um, there has been other outside market forces that have kind of really helped grains. The U.S. dollar declining recently. Crude oil has been uh, strengthening as well too. The Argentina soybean harvest is actually at 14% complete as compared to 9% last week. And Brazil is actually at about 14.4% compared to 8.8%. So we are starting to see kind of the soybean and soybean oil side kind of pick up a little bit more. And that's, I believe, really helped support canola near some of these all-time highs. And is there anything else of note to you that people should should know about? Well, when looking at the weather here in Winnipeg, we're getting the supposedly worst blizzard in decades. However, it isn't as bad as everybody thinks. And uh, to maybe note on the weather, what's going on for farms to watch, especially on the wheat side of things, the next six to 10 day forecast models show normal to below normal precipitation with above normal temperatures. So that's one thing to note that it is actually potentially positive in kind of the U.S. for uh, wheat prices and kind of things to potentially go higher in coming weeks. So that will be something to watch uh, for next week and going forward. Adam McCallow is a portfolio manager for PI Financial. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Hey, Kara Oosterhuis here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Bethany Wyatt, who is a Senior Technical Service Specialist with BASF. How's it going today? Really good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So we are here today to talk about 4Rs. Now, we're hearing lots and lots about 4Rs recently in the last couple of years when it comes to environmental stewardship. However, in a year where inputs are very costly, we're talking about it even more. What are the 4Rs? So when it comes to 4R nutrient management, it's essentially a set of principles for managing fertilizer application that's going to take economics, agronomics, logistics, and environmental stewardship into account. Specifically, they are the right source, right rate, right time, and right place. So let's break down each of those 4Rs. Let's maybe start right rate. What is, what is that? So when we are talking about the right rate, this step is kind of ensuring that your crop has the proper amount of nutrients available to meet your target yield. Okay, and right source? Right source would be utilizing products to ensure that the nutrients are going to be in the proper plant available form by the time of take up. Okay, right time? Right time is essentially um, saying that the nutrients um, need to be made available as close to crop uptake as possible. 
um, essentially meaning that if you're applying too early, that could increase losses, um, not only on your bottom line, but essentially losses to the environment as well, which we don't want either. And now right place. Do you want to elaborate on what that is? Yeah, so right place is really ensuring that the nutrients are going to be as close to the plants as possible to ensure that uptake actually happens, but also to help decrease those unwanted losses to the environment. So when looking at all of these as a whole, why are these all beneficial to, you know, your economic bottom line, your agronomic, your logistical, your environmental? Why why are these so crucial? So... I'll start off by saying the vast majority of growers in Western Canada are already doing a very good job following um, for our nutrient management. Essentially, the equipment we have, the products we we have available to us, and the way and the time that we farm in, it it allows us to be able to follow this. But of course, a year such as this one, it it allows us to have a really good opportunity to fine-tune some of these specifically. Um, When it comes to economics, ultimately, we're looking at um, getting getting the right rate. Um, For example, I mean, I could take any of these four hours as an example, but right rate when when we're talking about this year in economics. We know that last year, um, many experienced extreme drought conditions, and one of the things that comes with that is that a lot of crops didn't reach their potential yields, their full potential yield, but they were fertilized for a lot higher crops. So there is the potential for residual or carryover nitrogen left in a lot of fields. So doing something like soil testing can absolutely help um, determine if you have some carryover nitrogen. And then looking at your crop, what you're targeting this year, you can maybe utilize some of that nitrogen carryover that you would have from last year um, if, if we're talking about economics. When it comes to agronomics, really that that's all about applying products at the right time and again the right source. They kind of go together. Um, one example of that would be, you know, if we are applying nitrogen in the fall, floating um, nitrogen on in the fall, um, we're we know that there can be losses from nitrogen fertilizer. So if you are doing that, whether it's from an agronomic or logistical reason, make sure that you're using the proper product, you know, make sure your nitrogen has a urease or nitrification inhibitor to prevent those losses. Not only are you losing valuable nutrients um, if the conditions are right, um, but obviously those losses to the atmosphere, which we want to decrease. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. Farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and by Moose Jaw Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, more snow is set to fall about 2 to 4 centimeters in total throughout the day with a 
Wind gusting to 50. There's going to be a high of minus 7. Tonight, light snow with a low of minus 11 and wind chill near minus 18. Tomorrow, it's cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries, a high of 6 and wind chill of minus 18 in the morning, and then dropping to minus 13 in the afternoon. And tomorrow night, there's a low of minus 13. On Saturday, there's a mix of sun and clouds with a high of minus 4 and a low of minus 13. Sunday, a high of minus 2 and a low of minus 14 and on Monday a high of plus one with a low of minus three. The normal high for today is plus 12 and the normal low is minus two. Sunrise was at 607 and sunset for tonight is scheduled for 750. Around the province at this hour in Estevan it's minus eight, Yorkton minus 10, Swift Current minus nine, Moose Jaw minus seven, Weyburn minus eight and in Regina it's also minus eight. We'll be back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Welcome back. I'm Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison liquid systems expect the best. Saskatchewan farmer, speaker, and advocate Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel was busy talking about the importance of National Food Day to the Standing Senate Committee on Agriculture recently. She says it was a Zoom presentation which allowed her to remain on her farm near Bossbank as they're getting closer to spring seeding. She spoke to reporter Cheryl Brooks. With this time of year, I guess I'm pretty grateful that we have this Zoom technology. I have my moments and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not a huge big fan of being stuck in my office every day. I would have dearly loved to be in Ottawa and take this meeting in in person, but I was grateful given it's spring and we're getting ready uh, to start seeding here. It was lovely to have the technology available for me to just, you know, take a couple hours out of my day and join the Standing Senate Committee to talk to them about Bill C-227, the Food Day in Canada Bill. What is it that you're looking for when we're talking about a National Food Day? We're not just talking about, hey, let's celebrate hamburgers or let's celebrate pizza. There's so much more to it than that. There's a lot within this bill. So it's Senator Black out of Ontario that is the sponsor of this bill. And it is for a national day called Food Day Canada that would take place on the Saturday of the August long weekend. Now, you're right, there's a lot of different days. It's national, you know, X day, it seems. You can find one all the time. But this particular group felt it was really important to have a national food day for Canada to highlight all of the intricate pieces of the Canadian cuisine food puzzle And it's actually been going on, it's a hashtag, Food Day Canada, and this celebration has been going on for many years. There's quite a long history. The late Anita Stewart was the founder of the movement, she would call it, for increasing exposure to Canadian cuisine. And the point of this National Day, especially to have it in the middle of the growing season, is to highlight all the pieces of the puzzle as it relates to Canadian agriculture and Canadian food. 
So it was important for me. I felt honored to participate and to be a witness for the Senate meeting that day because, and, and as I mentioned in my presentation, I'm an export grower. I grow large green lentils that are exported to India, and I grow durum that gets exported to Italy, and we grow canola that either gets processed here in Saskatchewan and exported or, or shipped over to China. Most of what I grow is destined for the export market. And so it would be very easy for me to just take myself out of the food conversation and not get involved. I get a little bit jealous maybe sometimes of how much easier it is for another farmer to sell something at a farmer's market and be in direct contact with their customer. For the most part, my customers are grain companies and my customers are processors overseas. So it's rare that I get to speak you know, one-on-one with my customers. But Canadians eat Canadian food, and I suppose because of the pandemic, they want to eat more Canadian food. This gives me an opportunity to share with them how their food is grown, even if they are importing pasta that was made you know, in the U.S. or in Italy. Even if they're eating a product that was made with Canadian ingredients, it allows me to share with them my process for growing the food here in Canada. How did the Senate committee respond to what you had to say to them? You know, I was really impressed with the questions that came out of the Senate. There was two separate sessions. I believe there was six of us that were witnesses and, and giving presentations from our own perspective. And, you know, the questions were excellent. They really wanted to know why there wasn't more value-added processing done in Canada. So we could have a conversation around that. I particularly loved talking about transportation and other policy issues, and their questions allowed me to share some of those issues that we have. Uh, we, you know, there isn't a conversation for me that comes up where I don't try to weave in the carbon tax <laughs> and the detriment on Canadian farmers, or I don't try to talk about you know, our, our use of fertilizers. And this conversation you know, at the Senate allowed me to talk about all of those policy issues that were important and as they relate. And that's why it was important for me to participate. Sherilyn Jolly-Nagel, Farms Near Mossbank. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Dagelman Industries. Look to Dagelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Canadian Western Agribition is reporting a loss of $321,000 for their 2021 show. CEO Chris Lane says despite the loss, last year's show was still successful. Finances aren't the only measure of success. So to be able to bring together 85,000 people and return to a place of excellence for agricultural promotion and a marketplace, in addition to celebrate with all of our volunteers and our friends and our partners, 50 years of agribition, I think was a very big win for us. The annual meeting was held yesterday and saw both President Chris Lee's term expiring and Lane departing from his position as CEO. We will have more with Lane next week as he reflects back on his position and his time as the head of Agribition. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Your Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia in Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. 
Durham stayed the same at 551. Feed Barley also stayed the same at 362. Canola was down just under one point to 1108. Flax remained the same at 1291. Lentils stayed the same at 3 at 932. Oats at 391. Yellow peas at 628. Feed wheat came in at 378 and one red spring wheat was just up one point just under one point actually to 509 that's your market update we'll be back in a moment it's the livestock reports on the source 620 ckrm the livestock quotes are brought to you by the weyburn livestock exchange call weyburn at 842-4574 now here's the latest livestock quotes good afternoon this is the yorkton heartland livestock mark report for the week of april the 13th a respectable number this week with 1,075 in the short, 200 cows and bulls, a total of 1,275 for the week. This cow and bull market is selling steady and selling to a strong demand. D1, D2 two cows, 96 to 103, sales to 106, 107. D3 cows, 83 to 93. Cows are averaging 95.75. We had some grain-fed cows from the Workington Ranch at Grandview, Manitoba, 1,700-pound cows at 107. And from, and from the Raymore area, 1,600-pound cows topped out at 108.50. Good bulls, 115 to 125, sales to 126, 127. Bulls averaging 118.50. From the Pillar Ranch at Neuter, 2,000-pound bulls topped out at 127.75. On to the pre-sort sale. These light grass cattle selling very strong. 425-pound steers, 267. 500-pound black steers, 266. 570-pound steers, 250. 640-pound black steers, there were 70 in this group, topped out at 228. My favorite pen, 710-pound steers, 211. 800-pounders, 198. 850s, 196. 950-pound steers, 170. On the heifer side, 425-pound heifers, 215. 500-pounders, 210. 570s at 204. 640-pound heifers, 180. 710-pound heifers, 171, 800-pounders, 169, 850-pound heifers, 165. Next week, pre-sort sale only weighing on Tuesday due to the Easter Monday holiday. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Happy Easter, everyone, and stay safe. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Coming up next is the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Saskatchewan has retained its number one spot as the best place in Canada, and it's the second best jurisdiction globally for mining investment attractiveness, according to the 2021 Fraser Institute Annual Survey of Mining Companies. The survey calculates an annual investment attractiveness index based on factors such as jurisdictional stability, regulations, competitive tax, and infrastructure and geological attractiveness. With 84 total mining jurisdictions included in the 2021 survey, Saskatchewan received a score of 88.32, only two points behind Western Australia, the top-ranked jurisdiction. The province's mining sector generated $8.6 billion in sales in 2021, the second-highest level on record. Exploration expenditures were $214 million and are estimated to increase to $263 million in 2022. 
On the markets, the TSX is up 42 points to 21,878. The Dow Jones up 7 points to 34,572. Oil is up $1.50 to 105.75 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar has dropped 33 one hundredth of a cent to 79 cents and to 79.27 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Podcast today. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner. Have a great rest of your day and happy Easter. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.